We ask that your word would come alive within us, that you would speak to us, and that you would strengthen your body. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are looking at called Practical Wisdom in Ecclesiastes. And so as we read this first part, today we're going to be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 8 through 10. Today's sermon is called Final Words of Wisdom. And so this will make the video can go through your head as you read this. Verse 8, one who digs a pit may fall into it, and one who breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Now, it sounds weird, but uh, ancient construction, there's often mud and rocks, and there'd be holes, and snakes would make homes in there. So if you opened up a wall, there just might be a surprise for you. One who quarries stones may be injured by them. One who splits logs may be endangered by them. If an iron axe head is blunt and a workman does not sharpen its edge, he must exert a great deal of effort. So wisdom has the advantage of giving success. So there's some practical wisdom in this with practical application that if you are working or if you're doing something, there is a potential for hazard. There's a potential for danger for things to happen. But also, there are spiritual parallels that can be applied to the, the wisdom here of Ecclesiastes, particularly as we apply it to our lives and our, our walks with Christ. That there are hazards when we are trying to accomplish something. First, the practical side. If you, if you dig a hole, you run the risk of falling into it. Hillary says that I'm always good at digging myself into a hole. If you work with heavy and sharp rocks, you might get hurt by them. That happened to me, but we were skipping them at each other as kids. Uh, if you split some logs, clear some forest, you, you might get hit with flying debris or have one of them roll on top of you. I'm sure there's a few uh, men or women in here that have had that happen. That if we set to achieve something, in the spiritual parallel, if we set ourselves to achieve something, even in the kingdom of God, even if for God, for His glory, that we must use wisdom to avoid unnecessary hurts and setbacks. That as we're being about the kingdom of God, as we're about doing God's work, that there are still perils, there are still dangers. And we have to use wisdom and be careful. We don't want to be whacking each other in the, the head like the guys in the video there. That's why James says in chapter 1, if anyone is lacking in wisdom, they should ask God. Second part of, of that verse, uh, an axe blade is not effective if it is not sharp. Some might say, well, um, I don't even have an axe, and so I'm not sure how that really applies to me, or, you know, or if I have chopping to do, I just call a guy. But if we put this into a, a spiritual context, we are, we are all called to be laborers in the kingdom of God. We are, he has given us or laid out for us tasks and things to do. He has specific callings for each and every one of us in our lives. And so he is waiting for, so either we, we have what he has given us, the tools and the talents he's given us in our hands, or he's waiting for us to pick them up and to use the different 
talents and spiritual giftings that we have. And like in Acts, these, these talents and these giftings, spiritual giftings that he gives us, if we don't use them correctly or if we don't keep them sharp, we will have to work twice as hard and we'll be half as effective as we could be. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So we are called as the body of Christ to, to help each other to be sharp, to be prepared and be capable for what God is calling us to do individually and together as a group. We are called to strengthen one another, to help correct one another, to encourage one another. Unfortunately, however, we often, sometimes we, we see ourselves sharper than we, we really are. Or we easily judge and label other believers as not the sharpest tool in the shed. And too often then we decide we would rather only associate or go with others who are as sharp as us or at least as sharp as we think we are. But the reality is that God is the one building his kingdom. We are builders for him. God is the one building his kingdom and he is the one placing us and our giftings where they need to be. Not only to be used for the building of his kingdom and his church, but to strengthen, sharpen, and and challenge us. His children and heirs to his kingdom. God sometimes gives us tough work in the building of his kingdom. Reaching the lost can be spiritually tough and it can be exhausting. The working environments can be very challenging and sometimes hazardous. Sometimes it comes at at great cost, as we've talked about with friend Stan, who just recently passed away from cancer in Turkey. The mission field that he was working in, on the border of Iran, was a dangerous and hazardous field. Our own nation, our own workplaces, our own families can be spiritually and mentally hazardous and dangerous especially if we haven't allowed ourselves to be prepared by His Holy Spirit through the study of His Word, time in prayer, and by the sharpening of other believers. We all have areas that we are sharp and effective in. And we also have areas that we are are dull and we're struggling in and that we need sharpening and we need to grow and mature in, myself included. But that is why God calls us to to work together in unity. That is why he he calls us as the body of Christ to work together so we can share our strengths and our, our, our sharp areas with one another and we can help others sharpen those areas and they can, who the areas that they are sharp in, can help us sharpen the areas that we are lacking in. So God did not call us to, to work alone. He has not called us to isolate ourselves away from his body or to shy away from hard kingdom building projects works that require wisdom and and constant sharpening because hard work the things that he calls us to whether it be 
ministering to our family or to our neighbors or helping teach a class or, or uh, making food for the poor or whatever it may be that God uses us in. It is hard work, and it often that hard work can dull us. Doing what God has called us to do takes its toll. Too often times we think that if we're walking and doing exactly what God wants us to do, that everything will be rosy, that everything will be fine, and that there won't be any, uh, any burdens. There's a reason why Christ continually admonishes his church through uh, his letters in Revelation to persevere. There's why, a reason why Paul says, fight the good fight. That is why he has given us his word to, to teach us, to draw wisdom from. We must be in God's word. We must be people of his word. We must study it. We must understand it. We must allow his word to come alive within us, to, to meditate on his word day and night. It is our bread. It feeds us. It feeds our spirit. This is why he's given us his, his Holy Spirit to, to strengthen us. As we spend time in prayer, as we spend time uh, in that quiet place listening to God, that His Holy Spirit speaks to us and that He begins to work and to draw us closer to Him and reveal His purposes for us and to bring comfort and to bring healing into our lives and to strengthen us and to let us know that He is there and we find that peace in the middle of the storm. There's a reason why Jesus often got away on His own. Even for Jesus doing what the work that the Father had called Him to, it was taxing. It was tiring having those constant needs and having the constant burdens of everyone around him and he had to get away and allow the father to, to re-strengthen him and to feed him. Thirdly, that is why he brings us together as his body that we might love, that we might encourage, support, and sharpen one another. That we might work together using our unique giftings and talents working in patience, love, and forgiveness over our shortcomings and our, our dull spots. God has established His body, His church. There's a reason why Jesus surrounded Himself with His disciples. He was not only discipling and He was not only teaching them, but He was also setting an example that even the Son of Man, though He had to walk that road to the cross alone, that he needed their encouragement. He needed their support. That's why in the garden he was saying, can't you stay awake? Can't you pray with me? Can't you be there to, to pray with me? To allow my example to be modeled to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10 through 22. He died for us. This is Paul writing to the Thessalonians. He died for us so that whether we are alert or asleep, we will come to life together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, just as you are, in fact, doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who labor among you and preside over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them most highly in love because of their works. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish the undisciplined. Comfort the discouraged. Help the weak. Be patient toward all. 
See that no one pays back evil for evil to anyone. But always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Always rejoice, constantly pray, in everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not extinguish the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. But examine all things. Hold fast to what is good. Stay away from evil, from every form of evil. Paul's admonishing his church that to work together. We see that there's to be an admonishment of the undisciplined to comfort the discouraged. We all have different giftings. Some of us are encouragers. Some of us are builders. Tom put in a window this week using his talents and giftings. And he may not think that's a big deal, but for those of us that don't know how to put in a window and need a window, it's a big deal. Some of us have the gift of, of teaching. Some of us are intercessors and in prayers, and we need people to, to stand in the gap. And I, Myself, I struggle sometimes with, I, I try to, to do things on my own. And even last night, I, I had one of those dreams. I woke up out of it right as my alarm went off. And in my dream, I was... I guess I'll go ahead and share it. <laughs> I was out in the woods alone, and for whatever reason, I decided to lay down in the woods, and I'm, I'm sleeping, and there was these large wild boars that came around and were moving back, and it dawned on me how dangerous of a scenario that was, and I realized how isolated and alone I was. And fortunately, they just didn't seem to notice me, and they, they left, and then there were some large dogs or wolves or something, I don't know, and again, I was like, ooh, I probably should have brought a gun or something with me. And then they disappeared. And then I realized it was winter time and I wasn't dressed appropriately. And so I began to try to go back from when I came and it was this dark tunnel. And this is a weird dream. I don't even know why I'm telling this now. But then there was a large snowmobile, there were snowmobile tracks. And I realized I was going into a dark tunnel that was only wide enough for snowmobiles. And if you know how people in Wisconsin ride snowmobiles, that's, that would not be a good place to be. And so I'm quickly running through it, looking for places to jump up out of the, off to the side in case someone comes along. And all of a sudden, I began to hear this roaring, and I began to hear this weird sound. I thought maybe it was an engine, and I, I stopped. And I kind of didn't know, so I kind of roared to scare. Well, maybe it's an animal to try to scare it away. Instead, I just heard another roar back, and I eventually realized where it was, and there was this mountain lion. It was chasing around, and it was investigating, and it... I realized, I calmed myself, and I'm like, okay, I've always got my pocket knife, so I pulled it out, and it jumped up, and I poked it, and it took off, and it was coming around. It was coming back again for me, and I was going to try to get it in the throat, and my alarm went off, and I woke up this morning. Now, maybe it was uh, what I had the night before, but I was thinking about it. It was just kind of a weird dream, and I just felt like God was reiterating the importance of not being isolated. The vulnerability that we have when we separate ourselves from God, that the enemy is out there, he's trying to, to get us, and God shows favor and he protects us, and that mountain lion, I was like, well, the mountain lion, the enemy seeks as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and I realized that God is not calling us to be alone, that even for myself, I need to take time, I need to be more careful to make sure I'm spending time alone in God's word, preparing myself, having the, the weapons I need 
that I'm not going into battle, that I'm not going into adventures to do the dangerous work alone, but that I'm taking people with me. That I'm allowing other people to know what's going on, to intercede and to pray and to, to fight. Last week, God kind of began to give me this, this message, and I believe it's very timely for what God is getting ready to call us to do. We're getting ready to step into some new works. We're getting ready to, to step into some new building projects, so to speak some new uh, Bible studies, and hopefully by January we'll be able to have people trained and start doing some home groups and be able to expand some new outreaches to children. And this is going to be hard, dangerous work. You're like, working with children? Yes, working with children can be very dangerous. But we have a lot of precious, precious children in this community that they need love. They need the love of Christ. They don't get love from their families. And the enemy wants nothing more for them to be separated, to be cut off, and to grow up not knowing their worth, not knowing their value, not knowing how he sees them and loves them. And God has tasked us as a church to reach the least of these. God has called us as a church to to reach the children. He's called us to, to reach the broken and the hurting. He's called us to reach the homeless. He's called us to reach those who have mental disorders. He's called us to reach those who are hungry. And this is hard spiritually dangerous work and it's only together as the body of Christ it's only together united that we can do the work that God is calling us to do because that roaring lion does not like what is taking place but when God's church is standing together there is a bigger there is a stronger lion that lion of Judah there is God I love that image from the movie uh, uh, Narnia and it's at the end and one of the nights we were, Tuesday nights at our prayer group, we were praying. And we got at the end, and we were just praying for a lot of these things. And this image of that end of the movie where the, I can't remember which one, Prince Caspian or whatnot, and there's this large sea. And the lion comes out, and he just roars, and the waters kind of split and roll back. And I just felt like God's saying, that's what he's about to do. God's about to roar. He's about to break through the, the chains and the, the, the storms and the, the junk in our communities and our families' lives. And he's calling us to be a part of that. And so this, this Sunday is, we have our picnic and we come together and get to know one another. I encourage us to get to know one another. Get to know who we are going to battle with. Get to know who we are building with. Get to know one another so we know each other's strengths and we know each other's weaknesses so we can learn how we can encourage one another, how we can be there to support one another. And don't allow the enemy to to cheat you and to lie and say that you have nothing to offer. If you believe in Christ, if you have surrendered your life to God, if you are open and willing, God will fill you. He will pour his spirit into you, and he will use you in ways you never imagined. If you are a child of God, you have everything you need to be a part of his body. So I just encourage us today to allow the Holy Spirit this week to to challenge us, to strengthen us, to find out, God, where am I dull? Where am I weak? And not just pray about it, but proactively ask God to help us with that, but to find people around us that are stronger than we are in certain areas and say, hey, you know, I've noticed you seem to, you know, maybe it's an illusion, maybe you're just a good liar. You seem to have this going on. Could you help me? Could you pray with me? 
go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. The teacher's conclusion. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. So through all, he's talked about the meaninglessness of life. How it seems hopeless and pointless to do anything. But we know that Christ brought light to that darkness, that Christ brings meaning, that there is purpose, that we have a purpose, and that purpose is together, building his kingdom. But this is his summation of all that he heard, all that he has seen. Now all that has been heard, here's the conclusion of the matter. For God, fear God and keep his commandments. What are his commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love each other as you would love yourself. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. That we serve a God who is just, that we serve a God who will right the wrongs of this world. He will bring justice to our lives, to our situations, to the world that we live in. And that he does hold us accountable for the things that we hide. That there's an account for the good things and the bad things that we say and do. And yes, he washes them away and he he forgives us and brings redemption. But oftentimes the, the consequences of of our actions, the consequences of how we choose. Are we going to choose to to follow God and to do His will? Are we going to choose to, to follow and to do our own will? Our sole duty is to, to fear God, to, to be in awe, to realize not a shaking fray to go to Him, but a fear that's awe and wonder, knowing that He is God, that He is all-powerful, that He is bigger than any situation that we have, that He is bigger than any work that He is calling us to do. And that in that, that gives us the freedom and that gives us the power to love Him and to, to trust Him and to love others as He loves us. And to not worry about how the world treats us, to not worry about the things that we get so easily distracted by. Because He is God and He will bring justice. He will right every wrong. The things seen and the things unseen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to come together as your body to to grow together, to be encouraged by one another, Father. Lord, I ask your blessing upon uh, this picnic, Father, upon the food and upon this time together. For Lord, I know that you you rejoice and you celebrate when your children are together. Because it's when we are together, it's when we are loving one another, it's when we are loving others that we are reflecting your image. Lord, I just ask right now that your Holy Spirit would seal these things within us. That we would meditate upon your word this week, Father. And allow it to change us, allow us to strengthen us. Speak to us, Father. Lord, we ask for your protection. We ask for your wisdom. We ask that you would just continue to equip us and sharpen us for the work that you're calling us to. We thank you, Father. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.
Amen.